Hey guys, uh, welcome to our the first episode of our podcast. We're really excited to, uh, to bring this to you. I'm joined here by my co-host, Noah. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, I'm going to turn you up. We're, uh, we're kind of bringing you a cool perspective. Um, we're both diagnosed with um, Asperger's syndrome, which is a condition that includes forms of social anxiety and also um, um, just other deficits as well. I also have ADD, which makes it hard to concentrate. And we thought it would be kind of cool to provide some kind of perspective that's different than um, what you typically find. Um, so it, we're also a little different in the sense that we think differently. We are stronger in other areas and less strong in uh, normal areas like social skills. So we're going to provide our views on things. And we're also going to have guests on the show. And overall, I think it's just going to be a really cool um, general podcast. Um, Noah, is there anything you, you want to talk a little bit about yourself as well? Some of your experiences, we'll just kind of go back and forth. Oh yeah, sure. So, um, as you know, I'm the co-host Noah and personally, my experience with like my autistic disorder is just, there is kind of just a barrier when I talk to people and it kind of feels weird, but once I get to know people, I start to warm up to them. But initially there's definitely this barrier that makes it hard to talk to people especially when it comes to the opposite gender although that might just be a me thing i don't know no it's not you it's part of it like like even sitting here like uh, talking to you it's like it's, it's just hard for me because public speaking is like a part of the social anxiety disorder you kind of get up like for example speech class you get up on stage right you're gonna give your big speech you've prepared so hard for it and then you get up there and you're staring at everyone. You're like, oh, God, what if, uh, you know, what if they don't like it? What if they don't like me? They're going to hate me because of this. Oh, my gosh, they don't want to be here. They don't want to pay attention. All of these thoughts just, like, start storming your head. And it's, like, really hard to get get it out of your head. So it's um, even, like, the, the biggest preparations the night before for your speech can prove fruitless uh, in that kind of sense. And I totally agree with that because... I remember when I took speech class my freshman year, I think, I just tried to make my speeches funny to get over the nervousness I had because there is definitely a lot of nervousness I had with, like, my speeches. So that's why I took uh, some of the performing classes like choir and theater to help get over that in a sense. I haven't gone completely over it, but when I perform, for example, I I just don't have as much as a barrier right. as I had freshman year. I think um, when it comes to something like that, uh, the group activity of it definitely helps because you know you're not alone up there. Um, when you're performing, like I did choir in elementary school as well. I know definitely part of the thing is uh, when you're performing that there is a group. Um, you don't feel alone and you feel like um, you're being judged less because you're in a group. Uh, people are paying attention to the group as a whole and you're not being personally targeted because uh, direct criticism is kind of a weakness as well because we, we take that stuff more personally than the average person would. Um, so there's that. And then I, I want to expand more. You talked about musical. Uh, if you don't know, which you don't, you're the listener. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, Noah is on the cast and I am the head of the crew and I will say... Um, Socializing is definitely the hardest part 
if you're on crew and you're trying to talk to cast, uh, for the average person, they can do it and they can do it fine. But um, like for me with my disorder, it's just extremely hard to just walk up to someone and, and like start a conversation because you just kind of feel judged about it. It's really tough in that sense. Um, and it, um, and even in like the everyday life, it's effective as well. Um, and I had a loss of words. Hold on. Uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bro. No worries. I'm thinking. And I can definitely see where you're coming from because it's true the other way around. Cast sometimes we don't talk to crew, not necessarily because we feel like crew is below us, but for me, I guess it would just be that social barrier again. Just right. kind of, it's kind of hard to talk to new people right. for me. The, uh, I think the biggest part of it overall is, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think when you, when you're just trying to like walk up to someone and talk to people, obviously for the normal person, it's fine. You just go up and you hold a conversation. We, we overthink it as a, as a, a whole, like when we walk up to someone, we're constantly worrying about what they think instead of just like trying to normally socialize, and it makes it really difficult to accomplish that task. Um, and that, that that's part of the reason. Like, I wanted to talk about uh, how sometimes I'll I'll come off to my um, schoolmates as kind of like weird or like um, I don't know if perverted is the right word. But if I'm like, I, I tend to do a lot of staring from a distance just because of that, like inbred fear of going up and starting a conversation. It, it just makes people that much less approachable in general. Yeah, I do that too. And trust me, from my from my perspective, you don't do that too much at all. Like, even now, yeah. I feel like we're both over-exaggerated and we're just so super self-conscious because of our Asperger's. Right. That is also part of it, yeah. But, like, I am comfortable with a lot of y'all. Um, but when it comes to, like, meeting new people, it, it can be really hard. And I often depend on other people to come first because I just don't know how to approach people. Yeah, I same for me, too, because there's just you just want the other person to approach you first and, like, take the initiative. Because for us, taking the initiative, it's not easy at all, especially when it comes to relationships. Right. It's just all when it comes to the relationships it's a whole different ball game because that barrier is probably 10 to 100 times worse yeah especially that you know that the stakes are higher and all that right okay um one second okay sorry about that um so we're, we have another topic. We, we discussed this coming back from the restaurant, and we'd like to talk about it with you guys. It, it is the topic of um, uh, culture. Culture, yeah. Uh, you've, uh, you've probably heard the, um, the joke, um, white people have no culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's been pretty widespread. We want to speak a little bit about it because uh, it's definitely not true. And the uh, biggest example we could find is um, with dying, uh, dying franchises. Uh, I can I can name a few actually. So the biggest ones that you have heard of are Toys R Us, and then Sears and Kmart. 
And then other little stores like that, it follows, like, um, you've got, it's either Macy's or JCPenney, which is dying pretty fast. I don't know which one. <laughs> I, I can't remember either. Um, but um, we are starting to lose our culture a little bit. Uh, and the reason I say that is because of all these franchises are dying. And what is taking their place is Walmart, actually. So with the rise of Walmart, it's putting all of these businesses out of business because these pla- these are like so popular. We're talking Walmart, we're talking Target. Now, it's funny because um, I, I watched a video on this a while back. Target actually tried to venture into Canada. Canada did not like Target as much, and Target failed within like a few years. They, they retreated. They have abandoned stores all over Canada. Uh, because of this, so it, they just have like a developed market sense. Uh, country or uh, um, franchises you would think are like all over are not. They're just like, um, they're just like an American deal. Kmart, uh, speaking of Kmart, it's actually uh, still booming in Australia. I did not know that. So there is a branch in Australia of Kmart. And adding on to that, Toys R Us is also still a major player in Canada. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to- Toys R Us is just we're we're losing um, we're losing that sense. People are not wanting to buy toys anymore because all their kids are getting iPads and stuff like that, um, and this is causing like just a general disinterest in that kind of stuff. Like kids are um, kids are like losing that playful sense because their parents are giving them electronics at such young ages. Yeah, and in order for Toys R Us to meet the new trend, which is iPads, iPhones, everything's electronic, they're going to have to shift their inventory to all electronic space too, and it's would just be such a massive change that I don't think they would be able to pull it off, because it's such a massive overhaul that I, I would be surprised if they pulled it off at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, just to like give you guys some numbers, I'm trying to find um, the Sears number of of here. Do you need me to log? You're gonna need me to log. No, back it's in. fine. I can use the guests. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sears. Um. So I I think a while. Uh. Oh yeah, October fifteenth of what twenty twenty eighteen. Sears actually filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. I believe Chapter Eleven is um, they're closing and they close until they can get more funds. I believe, yeah. So um, Sears was actually bought out by an investor who kept a few of its like a small fraction of the amount of stores it originally had, including one in our very own Mesquite, Texas. If you go out to Town East, it's still one of the anchors at Town East Mall, and it does. Look like a modern department store, like they're they're taking steps to overhaul it and like like you said they're like um, making it back into a modern store. It looks just like a Target or a Walmart, um, so that's their hope. Um, they're trying to keep the Sears brands alive. That includes uh, Craftsman. That's the only one I can name offhand. Uh, so Craftsman was like one of the big uh, deals, and my dad has a lot of Craftsman tools, so they were well made. It's just that people lose interest over time. Um, you have anything on that? And yeah, I totally agree with you on all all of your points because, and not only is it a electronic sense, it's very generational and our cultures and they're just just 
different races and heck even country different countries have different cultures like look at canada and europe for example if you travel to either of those places you're going to find that people there act very differently than they do in the u.s and part of it is definitely privilege as u.s citizens have do have a leg up when it compared to like the canadians for example just just because of the economy situation like the u.s dollar is more 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 valuable than the canadian dollar and i feel like that's an important point to touch on because if an economy is weaker than a different country's economy it shows a different level of power between those countries and stability although i do must say that canada is a very stable country i'm not trying to downplay it one single bit it's a beautiful place and the people there are great i'm just saying that their economy is just not as um stable yeah stable okay so yeah we were talking earlier uh jc penny is the one that's struggling macy's is not okay um this is the part where we like move switch gears a little bit. We also I also want to touch on a different form of culture. Uh, this includes um, stuff like AirPods. We, we want to talk. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, aspect of culture that is holding people to a higher regard than um, they should be held at. We're talking. Um, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, there is definitely an aspect of American culture that worships people that don't necessarily need to be worshipped and holding uh, the standards that not everybody can meet and then judging people for not being able to meet them. And, yeah, it's I believe it's horrible. This is present especially on social media. You see all these people doing these social media cleanses just because – when they go on social media, they look at all these profiles and they feel so much less confident because they're just not the same. They're not meeting the same standard that social media presses on people, right. which is vastly higher than it should be. And it's just a huge hierarchical thing where it just crushes, crushes a lot of people's self-confidence right? just because they're not as attractive or as rich or mm. as successful as another person now would you say noah that um this is like a um just an american trend or how how does this like how much does this affect other countries as well like is this like an issue that um that a lot of countries face or do we like is it just like the american culture to like overemphasize uh, things that we see on the internet it's definitely a first world problem i don't see a country like uganda for example having to face that problem but right <laughs> uganda kind of um well I'm, I'm sure they're a little behind on the social media game but like definitely they don't have to face this problem you're right they have different problems though that need to be addressed and right they're definitely more serious than the problems we have and yeah and honestly that's, that's another aspect of the culture we're all like oh save the turtles plant trees blah 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 how many people actually take action though that is a good point exactly we see we see all these social media influencers mr beast is a great example he's he had taken it upon himself to gather people to donate 20 million dollars to plant 20 million trees and it actually succeeded a couple weeks ago i believe and 
I believe he said also that every year he's planning to do something for the environment, which I think is wonderful. But I feel like more social media influencers should do that as well. Because if there's this whole trend of people wanting to follow major social media influencers, we need to make those influencers positive instead of negative. Otherwise, they're just bringing the whole world down with them. Right. And you look at their numbers here. um, There are actually a fair amount of people that are willing to take action against this. Um, some uh, Some of these people... Or um, tell me again what you said. Like, uh, like summarizing. Like, there's plenty of. I think there's like, um, there's a lot of influencers that are willing to take action. Actually, I mean, yeah, Mr. Beast again. Mr. Beast, right? There's H3H. I I don't know much about H3. Does he take H3. action against it? I haven't been catching. I haven't. Yeah, with him. I I don't know. Uh, I, there's a YouTuber uh by the name of Mini Lad. If you remember who he is i don't think chance? so okay he's uh, one of the b- bigger gaming people in, in the youtube industry right now and what he does he is part of the um th- i think it's the thirst project i cannot remember the name let me see here thirst project yes it is the thirst project he's on the board actually because he takes he he does like a bunch of live streams on uh, twitch and he donates all of the money that he makes to the thirst project and then what he does is he actually goes and he travels to Africa and he builds these wells for the kids. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's doing that. This yeah. is the first time I've heard of this. He, uh, <laughs> he goes and he builds the wells and he loves doing it because he gets to see all of the uh, people that, um, that, he, or, that he's building the wells for. And he actually has a picture on Instagram. And when he's doing that, I'm, I'm 100% sure he can see the joy in those kids' faces. Oh, yeah. When they... Well, not just the kids, but the people of those countries that he's serving because they may not have access to clean water or, in extreme cases, not any water at all, which is right. a vital source to human life. I'm pretty sure if you don't have water within, like, three to seven days, you're dead. So Right. I think it only, I think it only takes three days. Yeah, that's what I've heard, three days. Yeah, something like three days. So, um... Back to back to culture, just culture in general, like white culture. Um, what would you say is the like another key aspect of culture, like in a broad sense? In general, not just social media, but I I don't know if I touched up on generations because the generation before us and the generation before that are vastly different from our right. own generation not because not just because of the whole i don't know what to say all the technology but just because there's a pride gap there as well because they came from a different yeah. era with different with different things that they liked for example they had vampires back then and then they transitioned to zombies and i don't know what's the new horror trend right now um, honest it <laughs> yeah oh years ago it was clowns clowns yeah. were everywhere man that oh was, yeah and we still have a lot of movies being made with clowns in them um it is a great example of that pennywise i still Penny- need to see it yeah pennywise you also have um dolls when it comes to horror movies there's a there's like there's so many horror movies that just involve dolls um, you, you can't have a good you can't have 
an average like horror movie nowadays without involving some kind of spirit. Yeah. And that usually takes form of dolls. And the one that I'm talking about in particular, uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Annabelle is like the the key doll, but then there's like plenty of movies that probably imitate it. Another good example of a doll movie is Chucky. Chucky is very pop. Was a very pop, very popular classic. Yeah, I never saw Chucky, but I I haven't either. But I've heard (laughs) lots about it. Yeah, it's just like a staple of horror movies. I've yet to see it. I mean, uh, I know back in the day, horror movies. Uh, where would involve like an actual serial killer but now it seems like the trend is um supernatural supernatural yeah yeah Yeah, supernatural beings yeah because supernat the supernatural scares people more than serial killers because if you know the if you know that what's behind a horror is human then you just there's a little bit of comfort but you don't know what's behind supernatural forces and that's what's scary because like this may sound what it kind of extreme but like what if some demon like came into your house and just pulled you down into the depths of hell or something like that would be horrible yeah and like um this this kind of concept of horror movie is something that american culture like eats up like they keep spitting them out and out and out do you think the movie studios ever like get scared that this this is just gonna die like um a good example of this is not in movies, but in the fidget spinner craze that happened in was it twenty sixteen? It lasted six months. It lasted. It just lasted, and you know there were Chinese companies that just spat them out, and there were tons in bulk, and then the and it just died. Like people just yeah. lose interest, and that's that's kind of like the fear of modern day culture. Like there's a supermarket in the small town that we built our house outside of, and like they have like a whole shelves of fidget spinners because they were they were betting there were so many people that were betting on this craze to last forever but they weren't expecting it to die as soon as it did yeah adding on to that uh speaking of the fidget spinner craze i think that also ties into another part of culture that i think is very important in today's age especially we've especially when we move on to 2020 the meme culture there oh is boy. there is a lot of meme <laughs> culture. <laughs> Memes are Running the around. biggest aspect of American culture by far. You can find them on almost any platform. Let and one of the biggest platforms for memes right now is the reincarnation of Vine and musically TikTok. Tick, yes, <laughs> we you could say a lot about TikTok. There is a lot but of but in a nutshell, in a nutshell, it's like um, it, it's like fifteen to twenty second clips for videos. And you can do anything you want, use any like audio you want, and make like these funny videos for people. Like, and then people will, like sit there and scroll through it for hours. And it is definitely becoming a part of American culture, without a doubt. Yes, I know that I, a lot of people download TikTok. Like, even like people you wouldn't expect to like try to look at memes from our perspective, anyways download tiktok because they have their own little culture or click there right on tiktok i mean tiktok is worldwide too but we as the american culture uh it's just something that we like hold highly um and tiktok actually originated in china or japan did it somewhere in somewhere in the middle east um and then it made its way over here and now it's just like just memes are just that 
that's just kind of what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, TikTok has been downloaded over 1.5 billion times worldwide. 1.5 billion. November 14, 2019. Well, you could say that's probably more downloads on the TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. uh, TikTok bought Musical.ly and... um, and that's where that comes from. Yeah, it was the reincarnation of Musical.ly. And with that, somehow people that were on Vine also moved to TikTok. So it became a combination yeah. of well, like, the, cringy the Viners, Musical.ly stars. The Viners and, all moved over to Instagram. And then TikTok came out. And they're like, oh, we got to jump on this trend. Yeah. That's kind of how that works. Um, uh, as of January 2020, TikTok has over 1 billion users. Now think about it. TikTok only bought Musically. Uh, when was it? Was it beginning of last year? Or was it 2018? I, I don't. I, I don't remember. But it, it was a fair amount of time ago. And and like, there's people are more and more people are signing up every day. Like there's tons of users. And one billion users. Wow. Over one billion. I'm users. pretty sure the population of America is around 350 ish million, okay, or around that number. Of. Let's see here. Let me double check here. Population of the United States right now is, is 327 million. So that's yes. roughly like three times the uh, population of America. So we're not accounting for the uh, uh, users that are over in the Middle East. It says, um, let's see, total app downloads is 1.5 billion times worldwide because obviously not everyone's going to have an account. They're just going to get it to scroll through it. Um, 466 million app downloads come from India, and then wow. 173 million from China, and 123 million from the United States. So, we're catching up to China, and China is where it became really popular. If you go on the Chinese TikTok, you'll see that people are actually u- genuinely using it. We use it for meme culture, but China actually uses it to make actual videos. I see. Yeah, so, America, like, holds meme culture pretty highly. Um... And I know in Europe, they tried to, like, ban memes. Did that work? No. (laughs) What was it called? Article 11? Article 12? You just can't ban memes. There's no way. It's not going to happen. People are going to find a way around it. It's It's like with prohibition in in the 1920s. People just found a way around it. They're they're just going to get meme dealers. That's how it's going to (laughs) work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Creation of 83% of TikTok users have posted a video. That's interesting. Oh, U.S. audience, here we go. Special point here. It says, as we mentioned, we estimate that TikTok is around 60 million monthly active users. 60% are female, 40% are male, 60%... Oh, wait. This is... Oh, this is just the United States composition of people that are on TikTok. Uh, um, 60% between 16 and 24, 26% are between 25 and 44, 80% are between 16 and 34. So, as a whole, between 16 and... 34 is four-fifths of the entire viewer base of TikTok, mm-hmm. which sounds about right. Um, and this has to do with uh, generations as well. You ask, uh, you ask like, uh, the boomer generation <laughs> what a meme is, and they don't know. Well, some of them won't know. Some of them... Yeah, uh... some, of them some of them try to understand, but, like, it, it is something that... It's, like, a humongous inside joke. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to explain it. Like you, you try to show uh, one of them a meme, and they they simply don't they don't sign, they don't find the humor. Because voice over Pete would, I got respect for that guy. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, but only because he's kind of been like pushed into it. He, you know, his entire uh, 
His entire life depends on memes. Yeah, that's true. He, he makes money off of memes. <laughs> He's like the Fiverr guy. After he got banned from Fiverr, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did voiceovers for people, but then uh, people overuse his memes so many times that he got fired. <laughs> but <laughs> never, nevertheless, um, meme culture is just something that has been ingrained into millennial uh, generation and Gen Z and then Gen Alpha, I think, is going to be the next generation. They are the next generation. You are yeah. correct. I'm I'm kind of interested to see how Generation Alpha is going to turn out because right now it's way too early to tell because they're like the, in elementary school right now. I will tell you this. At the rate that the Earth is going, gen- the generation after Generation Alpha is not going to be born on this planet. You think but so? But that's like a whole – that's going to be a whole different episode. That is a lot. <laughs> wow. That's another topic for another yeah, episode. We're going to – You could talk about 30 minutes about the solar system. Yeah, the solar <laughs> system alone. And on top of that, you could also talk about um, – uh, we could talk about like other galaxies as well. That's a lot. But the most important aspect of that will be we're going we're gonna to do a whole episode – on how NASA plans to get us off the Earth onto a different planet by anywhere between 2020 to 2025. Yes, they I want am us off the planet, and because uh, and and back to culture, like it, it all comes around. Um, we are destroying the planet. Ameri- that is true. Americans are are like talking about say the turtles. I, I mean, I mentioned this they earlier. want to do it, but they don't. They want to do it, <laughs> but they're too lazy to do it. That's, Which is that's the that's basically and it. having y'all watched Wally like that's exactly what happened. You see a lot of bunch of fat people, which signifies their <laughs> yeah, laziness. Exactly, they're like they went to it. They can't even get up off their chairs. And I think Wally does exaggerate it a bit, just because it's a Disney movie. Like, there's obviously going to be some exaggeration just to bring it and make it more right. interesting. But it does convey a message that. We are destroying the Earth, and if we don't do something about it now, we we're screwed. It's honestly, uh, it's it's technically not even an exaggeration when you think about it, because um, the the uh, the cities of trash could definitely become the what the planet becomes eventually if we don't turn stuff around and we don't leave. We're gonna have no other choice but to desert Earth, the only planet in the solar system that can technically. Uh, sustain life without any assistance um, is Mars, and yet we're sitting around on our butts, not doing anything because we don't know what to do. That's part of it. Yeah. Why uh, the culture of America uh, tells us like, oh, make a big deal out of it, but then you don't have to do anything. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. Um, and and all the scientists beg to, to differ. They think that we only have like a few years to turn it around before it's too late, and that's why getting a mission. Another mission to um, self-sustain ourselves on another planet is becoming the main focus. <laughs> and yeah, I totally agree with you because <laughs> can't believe we went about into this topic from culture. But yeah, it's very important that we find a way to fix our planet or go sustain another one because Mars doesn't have an atmosphere. And without an atmosphere, there can't be any life. So... There is a huge problem with that, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so at this point, um, what I would like to do is see if we can pull a guest in over the phone, and we're going to uh, see if they have an opinion on this. So um, it's going to be a minute pause for us, but there's going to be no pause in the actual recording. 
So um, give us just a second here. All right, guys, welcome back. We have a guest, uh, Anthony. Let's see if. Hi, everybody. <laughs> a little bit laggy, don't you say? <laughs> it, oh, yeah. It, it's all right. Okay, so we've been talking about um, one of the biggest uh, topics we've been covering in this podcast so far. By far, is the pollution problem on Earth. What's what's your take? Uh, it's not cool to litter. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Statistic wise, um, do you know that NASA wants to have us off the Earth by like 2025? Really? Yeah, they're afraid that we're not going to be able to turn this around in time. I don't blame um, them either. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I don't blame them. Um, like, it, hmm. it, a video popped up in my recommended only like a few days ago, or it was like last week actually. Um, the, um, NASA, it was by the NASA channel, and they're talking about um, their plans to fly a self-sustaining mission to um, the moon first of all, get a station in orbit, um, and then have landers that they can detach to um, and, um, go down to the moon and then come back up so that they, they can like get a colony going. And then what they plan to do is use the same system to slingshot people out to Mars. Whoa! Yeah, so they want us to have be colonized on Mars by like the next decade. That sounds so cool, dude. Yeah, it would be kind of cool, but at the same time, like I really want to like fix things here too. Yeah, Definitely. we don't want to lose our beautiful blue Earth. Yeah, blue and green. Or is it green? I don't know. Man. <laughs> it's both. What color is the Earth? It's blue green. Hold on. With a little bit of brown in there too, somewhere. <laughs> But yeah, if there is there anything like um any like input you have? Uh well like, I think yeah, like I mean like pollution it's like terrible, obviously. And right. I know like people are a big cause Yeah. Uh, it's like like I like I was saying literally is it's not cool, it's not swag. Uh and like when people just do it. They think that like, right? It, it's like, like a snowball. Yeah, there's like an individual. There's an individuality aspect. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. Like people think, oh, I'm not the problem, so I don't have to like, I don't have to take action. This isn't yeah. my fault. And that's how they are the problem. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> yeah. All, uh, no printer. You you know about the giant trash island that's in like the uh, is it the Atlantic? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just know that there's like a giant pile of trash. There is a in giant the ocean. pile of trash being swept away by tides in the ocean, uh, and it's just like a mountain. It's it's like a whole other island that's just composed of plastic. It's kind of gross. It's terrifying too because it's killing our or, our uh, coral reefs. And from what I remember, the coral reefs actually give us a pretty large amount of our oxygen so i'm not worried that we're going to run out of our oxygen supply but at the same time i'm worried that it will drastically re like increase the amount of co2 in the air which will in turn increase the amount of global warming that is happening and climate change yeah 
it, it's scary to think about. It really is. Dude. Yeah. Well, like, we'll let you go. Thank you for um for coming on and giving your input. Appreciate it. Anytime. And then uh, eventually, if you would like, we'll have you come in person and you can be a part of the set. Oh, I'd be being honored. Yeah. I would love to. We have a lot of different uh, episodes planned out. It's going to be cool. So um, we're going to have different guests on. We're going to try to have different guests on every time at least. That's it. I'd love it. It'll make it a lot more interesting, I think. Yeah. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, guys. So that was that was um, Anthony, one of our school friends. We thought it'd be nice to get a guest on, and uh, he was readily available. You will probably see him further down the line in person, so there will be better sound quality. Sorry if you couldn't hear um, right away. But uh, anyway, regardless, um, what's another like important aspect of of American culture? Do you think we drink? Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the drug problem is very apparent as not, I mean, not as much in America, but definitely around Mexico with the huge drug cartels around. And it affects Texas too, because we are right on that border. And from what I've heard that South Mexico isn't as bad as North Mexico when it comes to the drug problem. So, right. Yeah. So, um, just to give some concluding thoughts, we're going to try to make these decently long, but not extremely long. So, um, just like a concluding thought on culture, there's a lot that needs to be done and not a lot of people are doing it. Uh, and that's just that aspect. And then for the rest of it, uh, we need to take away that, um, some of our, here, some of our culture needs to, um, be fixed like uh, for the Toys R Us, Teaser Toys R Us deal, we're taking away kids' rights to be innocent and like just play with toys and have a childhood by giving them iPads and iPhones at ridiculously young ages. Like there are kids in elementary school. Getting yeah, iPhones. and I got at my phone. Point, I got my phone in eighth yeah. grade, and I was completely fine. I got mine, up until that. Point. I got mine when I was thirteen. So yeah, same age. A fine age, um, but. Kids are, nowadays are getting them way too young, and it it's a it definitely affects the way they develop as a person uh, negatively usually. Yeah. And then for the the final uh, the final thought is um, let's see what else did we cover? Meme culture. <laughs> Meme culture. Yeah. Well. And the moon. I, yeah. <laughs> I I think I support uh, meme culture so long as it's not used. Uh, to attack anybody like uh forms of satire and the forms of like caricature and direct satire and and shows like saturday night live and stuff like that like that's always gonna be a part of american culture and i think that is, is okay but just just not take it to the next level uh, like double bullying yeah um, yeah so um that's that that's our uh a culture next week we'll have a, another podcast for you guys so stay tuned and uh, keep us ready because as soon as we release a podcast, you'll, you'll see it. And we would like you to tune in and um, just hear some thoughts. All right. See you all later. See you all.